fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Habner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Pile Hey everybody and welcome to the week 8 fantasy preview show brought to you by the good people at the Rotor Street Journal. This is the Fantasy Fullback Dive. I of course am your host, Nat the Truth Jones. With me as always, the Wolf of Rotor Street himself. Wolf, how you doing? Dude, I'm doing great and actually I, I think the reason I'm doing so great is a glossary term we're going to discuss in a minute because we actually don't even have a term for it. It's not even a term. Not even a term yet, but everybody knows the situation. And I don't know if I've ever been on the right side of this, but thank God I finally did because my season is horrendous for the most part. But I, the fantasy gods, thank you. I ended up having the second fewest points of the week, but faced the guy who scored the actual lowest. I only put up like a paltry 95, I want to say. Yep. And the guy below me just had 75. He's been in shambles since losing Dak. Uh, and, and so I squeaked out with a win. Hope stays alive, and it's crucial because I might be getting Christian McCaffrey back this week. We shall see, uh, but I haven't lost my chub since hearing the news of that. We'll talk about I that later. Your, your acting chops were on display in a recent post that I saw where you're you know, just beyond ecstatic, you know, overcome with emotion when you saw right. McCaffrey's practice jersey or injured jersey had been shed in favor of, a, dare we hope, a regular one. So yeah, that that's gonna change. I know that even that got you excited. That, that's gonna change the fortunes of a lot of people potentially. You, one of them, of course. But I love the concept that you just threw out there. I also I won a game one eleven to one oh six this week that I you know it was terrible. You know, average the worst team in the league average is probably one oh five one ten. I had no business winning. I did. I'm grateful I won. There is a team that's so bad. He scored like seventy, so I wasn't in the exact position you were in. But yeah. I still understand the concept. You the second least points in the league and you win your game now the other side of that is you score the second most points in the league and you lose because you happen to play the guy that's on fire i've been in both of these situations before each of these things is a very real uh, totally fantasy relevant idea it happens all the time we don't have names for them we need names for them they need to go in the rsj glossary and we need to start using these terms so we want the folks to help us out, right? Absolutely, yeah. Maybe if you tuned in live, you want to comment in some ideas. Of course, we rip through our segments and then hit the mailbag. So we won't hit it for about, I'd say, 45 minutes or so. We typically run until we hit the mailbag. Um, but if you have the best idea, hell, maybe we'll even toss you a T-shirt if you can come up with the best idea for, again, being the biggest, uh, the second highest scorer, but then still losing or being the second lowest and somehow winning. If you can come up with some funny-ass shit that makes us laugh on air, maybe just maybe you'll earn the uh, coveted rare Roto Street gear. And on that note, too, any likes, uh, of course, comments and questions as the show's going is appreciated, but the thumbs-up button helps us get out to more people, whether you're watching live or the replay. Uh, consider giving us that thumbs-up like and maybe even sharing it in a fantasy football group or on your feed. It would mean the world to us if you're willing to do that. Uh, we'll make sure to get any questions you have and get you ready to dominate Week 8 with this loaded slate we have here. That's right. Give us a like, give us a share, like the wolf says, and give us some glossary terms. Give us some ideas. We'd love to know what you guys think. We can probably come up with something eventually, but sometimes the best ideas come from you. Uh, and it's right in front of our face, and we just haven't thought of it yet. All right, we're going to get right into the news and trainers room. The Athletics' Aaron Rice 
reports that the Packers are, and this is a direct quote, among the teams to inquire about the ability availability of Will Fuller. Isn't he Will Fuller like the fifth or something? He comes from a long line of Will Fuller. The V. <laughs> the V, yes. Will right. Fuller, the V, the fifth. But the, yeah. You think once you've once your line has gone that far, like I'm not really into naming my kid after me or anything like that, making him a junior. But once your line's gone five, don't you kind of feel contractually obligated to continue? Oh, you, yeah. I mean, you can't stop. No, no, you're not stopping after five. That's that's you're going to twenty. You're going to you're you're, yeah. you're going till there's no more. You're Will going till your seed has been wiped out. Exactly. Game of Thrones style. Firstborn son is going to be Will Fuller, no doubt about you it. Think. You would you'd have to be an asshole, but. <laughs> <laughs> as we talked about, it's kind of obviously not the same exact news as AB because they're different receivers, but it's like, okay, where would be the ideal spot for an explosive receiver to go? I mean, the Packers were the top of our list for AB, and AB, right? of course they're going to be the top of our list for Fuller. So to have their name actually linked to it, you know, the AB stuff was just speculation. This is actually being um, you know talked through, and they're among the teams to inquire. No deal is imminent. The Texans saying, you know, we're not just going to have a fire sale and sell the season away. Of course they're going to say that it's a trade, right? It, you know, ultimately this guy has top five speed in the NFL, great separation. He's shown he couldn't be an alpha. He would obviously not have to be across from Devontae Adams. I don't necessarily think this helps his value, but of all the places he could go, it wouldn't crush his value by any means. And maybe it does benefit him to be the number two. We saw him thrive with Hopkins around and whenever both were healthy and Watson was slinging it. And the way Rodgers is playing, the, the big benefactor would be Rodgers, right? Like imagine Rodgers throwing to Adams and Will Fuller, the way he's already fucking crushing it. I mean, he's crushing it if he's throwing a ton and no Adams. So yeah. he would be the, the, the biggest winner and there's no doubt about that. But obviously, Fuller would, would this would be among the best places for him to land if he gets traded. There's certainly some uglier spots. Yeah. Um, so, so I like this. I hope this happens if he is going to get traded. I'd almost rather him just stay put. He's doing so well this year. Uh, let's keep him rolling as that clear alpha wide receiver one with Houston instead of sending him somewhere. But if he's going to go and be a number two, let's have it be with the Packers for sure. Do you think a team like the Ravens is interesting for him? See, I can't decide. Real life wise, yes. I mean that that would make that team deadly. You got Marquise Brown and him streaking. Um, fantasy wise, that would be one of my least favorite spots right. for him to go. Uh, sure, do they need receivers? Absolutely. Miles Boykins are number two, but yeah. nobody throws less than the Ravens. So uh, I would hate to see him go there. Um, you know, he'd have his random blow ups. He'd be just like Marquise Brown, but then it's like which one's going to blow up if any of them blow up because we don't know if we're ever getting a receiver blow up week in and week out. So I would personally hate that real life wise. It would terrify me. I would think that just makes them that much more dangerous as an offense. They could use something like that. Fantasy wise. I sure as hell hope that does not happen. And the Ravens are such a weird team. You know, it's like (sighs) they've, they got four running backs that average like four and a half to six yards a carry, all of them unplayable. (laughs) You know, I mean, anyway, they got, if you're a Ravens tight end, you're doing okay, but that's about it. All right. Panthers coach, Matt rule is and this is another direct quote, hopeful Christian McCaffrey will be ready for Thursday's game against huh. the Falcons. I think he's probably not the huh. only one that's hopeful. Would you use hopeful? Would that be the first word you'd use to describe how you feel about this? <laughs> I think horny might be the first thing that comes to mind. A rock hard. Yeah, rock solid, as tiny as it might be. It sure is moving. Like Rock like, though. Absolutely. Hopeful is beyond the word. And I'm in that situation, the classic situation where the guy I'm facing 
pretty shitty team, but has Mike Davis, who's been rolling for him. Oh, so this be would be the, right away. the double whammy to not only get my God back, Christian McCaffrey, but then to have Mike Davis taken from him would be the ultimate swing. That's like um, a 40, 45-point swing, maybe more if McCaffrey blows up. Humongous. And what better timing than the Falcons? As we uh, talked about last week, giving up the most receiving points to running backs. Well, Who's a better receiver at running back than McCaffrey? Answer, nobody. Uh, I mean, the dude's broken his own reception record in back-to-back seasons. I could just see it now. The beautiful McCaffrey returning, holding strong, having an 80-yard screen pass in the first drive. It just like, boom, he's right back off to the races. Now, granted, there's a very good chance he also doesn't play. Maybe the team's, you know, cautious with him. It's a short week. Do we really need him for the fucking Falcons? Like, that's probably realistically what's going to happen. But have I been fantasizing night in and night out about everything else that could happen? Yes. Will I stop fantasizing about it? No. Until 4 p.m. tomorrow is the deadline for their decision. And I think it's trending the right way. You see the videos of him like warming. I've watched literally every fucking thing you could about this guy yeah. at this point. Him warming up. He's jacked up. He's jumping. Like He's ready to go. It's a matter of does the, t- the team you know push it an extra week and be cautious? Or do you have some balls, Matt Rule? Put him out there, baby. Uh, my team could use it. Everybody could use it. That owns McCaffrey. Uh, it, it, just the act of like the shedding of the non-contact jersey and putting on a new one. Like, How did you picture that going down? When I read that news, I was dying and I, it, both ways. I love everything. I- I just read the banner and I love how the comment is producing wood for all. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you're right. You're right. We need to get Christian McCaffrey RSJ. We can get him to go in on just like little kind of washcloth cum rag type thing. See if we can get those sponsored. I'm sure that wouldn't hurt his image at all. Um, all. He'll sign right up for that. Would you mind if we, can we put your face you on, be the on face a of rag that we can masturbate into? <laughs> you want to be the face of our comrade. Right, yeah. so, <laughs> anyway, well, we'll put that in uh, as plan B. Yeah. Michael Thomas, and he's got ankle issues. He's got hamstring issues. He's got punching people in the face issues. But anyway, long story short, he didn't practice on Wednesday. After some people were probably getting wood last week, hoping he would. Yeah, he's been the definition of blue balls. Like, whereas McCaffrey hopefully won't leave us with that. Michael Thomas, uh, every single week, right when you think you're getting him back, he suffers a hamstring. He's getting tossed out of games. There hasn't been a single bigger headache in fantasy football. This is why you hammer running backs early. I mean, obviously, that's a convenient argument to make right now. But still, it's awful. Just absolutely awful. And, yeah, maybe you'll get him for your stretch run. I know a lot of owners trying to buy low on, like, the dip on him. I mean, if you're like six and one right now and, and you could stomach a couple of weeks, but to me, when people ask questions about him or ask questions about like, do I buy low on Godwin right now? Do I buy low on this? Like if they've been a headache all year, do you really, are you confident they're just going to disappear as a headache? Like none of those guys, it, granted, I love Godwin when he plays, but none of those guys have gone away as takes. And I don't expect Michael Thomas to just suddenly be this like steadying force that dominates for you down the stretch run. So ultimately you probably won't be with him this week. And if you are, you're getting a dinged up guy against a good Chicago secondary. Um, Not hopeful for his prospects at all this week. Is Michael Thomas the biggest bust slash disappointment of the fantasy season? I mean, I know that Saquon you'd have to, I mean, but I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like it's a little different when it's just like, bam, season ending injury. This well, seems different to me. I don't, you know what I mean? 
It's fully different because he could have controlled himself at practice and played for you, gotten himself rolling in a positive sign. Then he freaking hamstring shit. Like there's injuries and then there's just like these erratic behaviors and commentary behind the scenes and it all seems so fucking like messed up. And then now there's rumblings he might even be on the trade block at this point after signing this huge extension. I mean – you, you, you wonder, like, could this guy ever gain value in a trade? Look at what he did last year. Like, his ideal situation is just getting the fuck healthy and getting the fuck on the field uh, for fantasy purposes, at least. And it just does not seem like that's going to happen within the next week or two. So, uh, yeah, to me, he's probably, like you said, obviously Saquon killed the most owners as the second overall pick that you got two games out of and they weren't even good. But that's kind of, I mean, you say it's out of his control, right? Like, you, you can't fucking not tear your ACL at that exact moment. So, yeah, it, to me, a lot of what Thomas is going through, some of it definitely seems controllable. The original injury, maybe not. But every which way he's responded since, all kind of seems linked, in my opinion. What did he have last year, like 150 catches? It was insane, yeah. It, it was like 80% catch rate, like 150 balls. Like, yeah, something of that nature. It, it was all right. insane. All right. Uh, yeah, he's the real deal when he plays, but that's a big if right now. Aaron Jones, calf issue. He remains sidelined at Wednesday's practice. What do you think? I think the Green Bay training staff might be the softest training staff in the league. I mean, I'm all for player safety. Don't want people to get hurt. But we saw it with Devontae Adams when like, he was tweeting, like, wish I could be on the field, but this training staff won't let me out and shit. Like, I think we're not going to see him. They're, they're extra cautious, which probably for the long run, is a smart move by the organization letting them get legitimately 100% before you let them back on the field. Like I get it, but still uh, fantasy wise, I would, you'd have to be planning because of this training staff to be without Aaron Jones yet another week. We'll talk about, I don't want to go too much in the implications because we're going to talk about Jamal Williams later, but just know if you have this guy to me, his name seems so unsexy because of the last few years, but he should be lumped right alongside like the, you know, Madison, who's actually way worse than Jamal Williams, but like the Bernards, Madison. the guys, when their starter's gone, he's a locked in RB one every single time. And we're going to talk about why later. Uh, but if you own Jamal Williams, I would never have sat here and been like, yeah, Jamal Williams could really win leagues this year. But these next couple of weeks, this guy, you get to insert into your flex is like a lock for 18, 20 points. It's unbelievable. Uh, so you got to be pumped about that. AJ Dillon. Did you, did you fall for the AJ Dillon legs train at all? And nope. we, no, week seven, none. No. Oh, man, uh, I, I did. I, I'm a, you know me. I've always been a, a sucker for a thick pair of legs. You are a sucker for a big tree trunk legs. Oh yeah, always have been, always will be. And uh, I fell for AJ Dillon harder than I've ever fell for a pair of legs, mm-hmm. and it led me to where it always leads me to—just dark and desolate in a fetal position, wondering who I am, where it all went wrong. <laughs> AJ Dillon is just the <laughs> definition of a. Uh, everything and so far it was awful you can't really go back to him but i will say this seems like the classic situation mike boone for example last year where Mm. everybody's like okay maybe this guy will blow up aj dylan some hype sucks everybody fucking hates him everyone's giving the fingers dropping him fuck yous yeah and then the next week just to give you all the the finger back aj dylan's probably gonna have like 102 tds this week i know he's gonna just do a lot a lot 
Always. So anybody who didn't play AJ Dillon and like doesn't have that sick thought of him putting up 1.1 in your bench. And by the way, I played him over McKinnon. So I guess I ended up actually being smart. Uh, yeah, you got a point out of that. I got a point out of it. Uh, but ultimately, anyone who didn't play AJ Dillon and can stomach it, I bet you he's going to rebound huge because of how much I loved him last week and how much he sucked. He's going to have another shot this week. Um, but yeah, Jamal Williams is really the big guy. We'll talk about him later. All right. Well, speaking, you mentioned Giovanni Bernard, Joe Mixon, foot injury, still not practicing on Wednesday. I had a lot of nasty stuff to say about Gio Bernard last week with his big dorky looking mustache and the fact that he shouldn't even probably be in the NFL anymore. You and, hated you know, mustache? Come on. <laughs> I mean, I love it and I hate it. I, I love it because who doesn't love a good porn star mustache? But I hate it also because, I mean, come on, you have some self-respect. You're in the NFL. <laughs> Um, Zero respect, but dude, that I mean, he produced, you know. I mean, and and Mitch Chavez, I feel like I think it was Mitch was like, oh, he averages fifteen when Mixon's not playing in the comments, and I was like, I don't care, I'm not going by numbers. That I mean, I'm just, I can't believe the guy is still relevant in any way. And I think he had 19 PPR points, highly respectable game. Per usual, yeah. It's actually, and, and by the way, Mitch, I, I, I'm guessing you're tuning in because you're the fucking man. Uh, if you are, it's even better than 15. It's like uh, Rotoviz has this awesome tool, both game splits. I think it's not 0.8. And, and last week certainly just bolstered that yeah. uh, when Mixon's out of the lineup. It, it was just nice to see Zach Taylor like confirm. It was a different coaching staff. This is the first time we've seen Mixon out with Zach Taylor and Gio Bernard show right again. So, Automatic, just like free square RB1 if you own him, um, especially if you own Mix and you're, you're lucky. He, he just does it. He kills it. Um, and, and as gross as it is, and by the way, the, with that mustache, can you believe this dude's like 28 or like I mean, he's young as fuck? It might even be younger than 28. Like that's that, like that's like a, the mustache of a 50 year old. Exactly. Or a 50 year old that's knocking on your door delivering a big sausage fucking pizza is, is what it looks like. Right. It's creepy it's ass. Waiting, waiting for a couple dollars for a tip. Right. Yeah, exactly. Okay, we're kind of leering at you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is this what you ordered? Uh, but yes, yeah, so, <laughs> Gio Bernard, though, automatic, sm- automatic smash play this week, assuming Mixon's out. And it seems like it's trending the wrong way. Tennessee, a great matchup for whoever is the running back one there. I think six most points to running backs. Um, So, yeah, Gio Bernard looking like another smash week for him. Mark Ingram, ankle injury, is not practicing Wednesday. Who the fuck cares? (laughs) I mean, I know this, what, whittles the committee from four down to three or from three down to two. Uh, But, you know, you could see them finding some popcorn vendor or something they wanted to give six carries, right? Exactly. I mean, they hyped up Justice Hill all offseason. No, he'll, get, he'll get seven, eight carries tonight. Exactly. He goes from serving the popcorn to to getting just a little smattering to make sure nobody gets any type of hot hand. Nobody gets any type of rhythm established. It, it sucks. I, this backfield blows. But the one, one, one takeaway that could happen is what if this is the event that triggers like Dobbins finally gets 15 carries, right? And Dobbins Fucking, I think Dobbins is so good. I really do. I think Dobbins is genuinely one of the better running backs in this impressive class. I had him number three, and he fits everything they do so well. He's well-versed in zone schemes. He's well-versed in pin and pulls and power blocking. That's what made me so attracted to him because that's what the Ravens do. They run so many different run concepts that to have a versatile runner like Dobbins who does it all well could be a monster 
performance if they ever let him just get established and get himself into a rhythm. So I'm hoping this is the week that finally happens because maybe, just maybe, we see like a 20, this is the 2020 Miles Sanders type of version um, with J.K. Dobbins. That could happen theoretically. So that's the one reason if Mark Ingram, I shouldn't say Mark Ingram out, does it matter? He's not ruled out yet. Um, if if it, it should say if Mark Ingram's out, does it matter? And I just think it might because if you're stashing and seeing uh, if Dobbins could be a thing, this is going to be his chance. Mark Ingram has been horrible. It shouldn't be this thing that Mark Ingram's lingering and taking it. But if he's finally fucking eliminated, then maybe just maybe we get a full smattering of J.K. Dobbins. Now here come 25 carries for Gus Bus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins will get no more than he ever has. And Gus Edwards will be a running back one. But I, I'm excited. I, at least it's something to watch for even if you're probably not starting any of those guys. And if you, if you want to put Gus or, or Dobbins in, you could probably count on 12 carries. And that's the running back picture these days. I mean, I, I, the Michael P Ryan's my hail Mary of the week. Like you could toss in a Dobbins, you can toss in yeah. Edwards and see what happens. So, Same so we'll pick. see. We will see. 49ers designated running back Tevin Coleman to return from IR. This in the latest, in the conspiracy to fuck Jarek McKinnon in the ass. Yep. Uh, so enjoy that. But, but Kyle Shanahan's done a really good job of that with that tiny little thing. Um, he loves to come out after the game and tell us this was all part of the plan. We're That's what he said. He said he's acting like they're going to ride McKinnon this week. Do you think they are? Fuck no. I, and if they, if they do, then God bless him. Cause like he won't be on my team. I, I was too pissed on Sunday night. I hate cut him in every, I owned him in all three leagues. Cause I was so hyped about him coming into the year. Um, so I own him everywhere and I cut him everywhere. I couldn't do it. I can't, I can't do it. I think Jermichael Hastie's going to come in and get like 15 carries, 20 carries. Um, McKinnon, McKinnon will get like three mop-up carries in the fourth quarter, get stuffed on all of them. A crew negative one. Maybe guy. fumble. Exactly. Like you're saying you're arresting him. It's all part of the plan. I mean, the dude hasn't had any type of work. I'm going to go into McKinnon later. He's my lower of the week sneak peek alert. Uh, But, but ultimately two, four and zero points. Now I'm suddenly going to expect a a return to that 90, 1950. I mean, that's what sucks though, is like PPR wise, he literally went 13, 14, 17, 23 to start. He was like the RB 12, I think. He was incredible. He had scored a touchdown in four straight weeks, and that was sharing with Raheem Mostert, who looks awesome. Those two were this dynamic duo. And then suddenly, I don't know what happens, but McKinnon, three, five, and zero points. I I don't know it. what happened. He's talking as if this is going to suddenly flip and change. I don't Um, buy it. And Devin Coleman. Prove it. Yeah, prove it. Exactly. Tevin Coleman makes it even less likely, should he play, that we get any type of value from McKinnon. And I'm just tossing his name out there because he's still only 20% owned and could get tossed in your IR spot even if he doesn't play. And again, I, I need to emphasize the fact that this backfield is going to produce a monster almost every week because that scheme is just so good. The zone blocking scheme, Shanahan, like they know what they're fucking doing. It's just but not going to be Derek McKinnon. Last week it was Jeff Wilson was the highest scoring running back last week, thirty-two points. Yep, literally, literally the probably highest. Probably never play football back. again now. And now he might not play football again. And he wasn't even expected to play this week, and he puts up thirty-two. So that's what I'm saying. Like maybe it's going to be McKinnon, and if it is, then fuck me. But I think it's going to be Jamichael Hasty uh, is my prediction, and then and maybe just maybe it's fucking Tevin Coleman. 
I, my best guess is it's not McKinnon. That's, that's almost all I can say with confidence in this backfield is someone's going to blow up and it's not going to be McKinnon. Here so comes I, McKinnon. <laughs> I was prepared to hate cut McKinnon. I haven't talked about it on our last show we did together, which was just a couple of days ago. And yeah. then uh, my team was so decimated by injury and then the ESPN projections like, oh, 13. And then you read the commentary on him. Not not the RSJ commentary. I know the RSJ position. I was just looking for any any voice to tell me, yeah, you should hang on to this guy because I've got like seven people injured. And they're like, oh, yeah, I, I, we're, wait, we're expecting him to be named the starter. I'm like, all right, well, I guess I'll hang on to him. So I, I'm not starting him, but he is still on my bench. Send a message to the fucking locker room, dude. Like you can't have these losers. My I locker room is all injured. Person. They're all injured. Right now, my locker room is Chris Godwin, Carlos Hyde, <laughs> Chris Carson, Dallas Goddard, Jalen Rieger, and uh McKinnon, I think. I, I don't that's the locker room. They're yeah. all like in traction. <laughs> you need to beat and, and, and oh wait here's this guy's in my starting lineup so i don't know what i'm gonna do i'm fucked because now we're in the Eng- uh, part of the injury report that is just 100 percent uh features people on my team which is alan robinson is in the league's concussion protocol he's my wide receiver too got his face slammed into the fucking turf can't <laughs> see straight anymore what am i gonna do with that probably I can't cut mckinnon <laughs> yeah, I mean, I gotta play a Rob if he's in. Obviously, you're playing him if he's in because he's a he's gonna be Rob. a fucking scarecrow out there. Could be, but concussion's a little bit different. Like if if you make it through protocol, you're you're seeing straight. Like it's especially nowadays with how like the league is caught up to head injuries and everything. Like if you make it through protocol, you you are good. So you can be confident if he's playing, you can put him in, and you're never gonna bench a Rob. Even last week was like. He was our lower, which ended up being right. And you're still probably playing him no matter what, unless you're completely stacked. And against New Orleans, like he'll draw Lattimore most likely. Lattimore is legit. And then Lattimore also has these fucking mental lapses where there's going to be a play. Allen Robinson is streaking down the field right behind him. Uh, whatever, if, it's, if he expected the safety, whoever, whatever the reason is, I feel like Lattimore gives up at least one big play almost every single time, every week. So yeah, he's good, like in a vacuum almost every time. And then there's at least a handful of bone boneheaded plays that Robinson will get his, as long as he's out there. If he's not, maybe you're going to fucking tub club, fucking Jarek McKinnon piece of shit ass. But I, like, what about Michael Heisty? Is he already picked up hasty in your league? Tasty hasty. Like, I don't, I don't have the means to pick him up. I've, I've, I've stretched. My, I just don't think I can do that. I, I McKinnon. Tasty, Hasty, I don't trust Hasty, and I think he has already been picking up, picked up. Actually. If Hasty Hasty's out there and you don't pick him up, and I don't know why where that nickname came from, I, I just kind of set it off my Tasty Hasty trademark. Kind of like it. Uh, you got to pick up Hasty over fucking McKinnon. Fuck McKinnon. If he was white, we'd call him Pasty Hasty. Yeah, there's so many different names we could go with here, uh, but Tasty Hasty, the real. Have you seen his picture? By the way, it looks like yep. his like his hair is unbelievable like this huge like I, i'm just very impressed with everything about him so far including the hair but also on field have you watched him play? like his yeah he's good. he runs with some force he, he, he really does better than Barry mckinnon's ever looked in his life that's and, not true mckinnon actually has had some moments and, where he's looked pretty good and that's the thing with mckinnon too is like when he got the work a couple weeks ago he was looking so good like where i don't get it i don't fucking get we've this been guy. trying to pick mckinnon up at the bar in some capacity for pretty much the whole four years we've been doing this pod 
And we have been doing this for four years, I think. And we've yeah. been kind of like circling around him, making eyes at him. Hey. And then this year we're like, hey, we finally got him to go home with us. And uh, doesn't look so good with that his clothes on. Which is well, which is crazy because at first we got him home and it was like, wow, maybe maybe I'll oh, marry you, man. All right. This this is relationship material here. Yeah, absolutely. Those first four weeks, like you're you're behind Moster, but you're putting up this. Yeah, you're not yeah, hanging out with your friends anymore because you keep texting McKinnon. Yeah, exactly. And and then all of a sudden, like that, that I'm trying to figure out what this is, what the comparative is, because it, it was like we did circle forever. We finally got him home and he performed very, very well for four weeks. But then yeah, it's we, like we called him back. We called him back. Of course we did. Why wouldn't you? I mean, he was looking like the waiver wire hero of the year. And then three zero zero. Like so so what is that? What 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 type of person is that at the bar, Nat? <laughs> a really hot girl who like you know, you get in with, and then she gets hooked on meth like a couple weeks into the relationship. <laughs> all of a sudden, she's not as great as you thought, Matt, but now, now she's calling you all the time and maybe like going through your wallet and stuff. And now you're like, <laughs> shit, I need to, I need to change my number. Um, uh, usually, the wolf does these, so that was just me off the top of my head. Uh, Forgive me, eighty percent of mine involve meth. I can't help it. That's like the one exactly. It could be Beth. I mean, some sort of bomb gets dropped on your. Everything seems like you it. find out she's got like six kids. That's what. I, that's that's what I was really just gonna say. <laughs> I was gonna say she's like, she's already a mother of seven. Uh, no, six with one on the way. Right. Exactly. <laughs> By the way, there's one in there. Might be yours. Might not. <laughs> uh, some sort of bomb gets dropped after it seems like bliss i love right, it yeah, that's right, exactly that's, it. that's exactly what it is we should we could do a whole book just on these Seriously. all right uh jalen rieger you and i exchanged a few texts about this fella while i was at my son's final soccer practice uh he's back practicing on wednesday fill everybody in on who this is because you're pretty excited about him i'm i'm super fucking excited about jarek mckinnon i even wrote an article today and it sounds like hyperbole. It is a little bit, maybe, but I said, this is the must waiver wire stash of the year has the upside to approach Odell's rookie season. Uh, I know that's crazy because Odell literally wrote history books, his rookie season. So I'm not sitting here saying Jalen Regar is going to suddenly overturn the history, but the stars are all aligning for a massive breakout this year. One, we just like Odell Beckham training camp dominant going against number ones Darius Slay for Jalen Rager beating him deep beating him with uh, Slay draped over him. It's you know they're generating touches in the short screen game. They're generating touches over the middle of the field and then they're dusting him deep. He was the guy you know every single training camp day there was a new puff report and it necessarily not even puff about how he was the alpha. He was the one that was just so dominant and impressive and stood out at a different level than everyone else on the field. So you see it, the product, like all the hype and then he gets hurt just like Odell Beckham. Right. And then, you know, he plays a game, catches a 55 yard bomb, plays another game, gets hurt before halftime. The the old CL, whatever the fucking thing is in the thumb, he breaks it. Um, And and then now now his rookie season looks like it's getting derailed, but he's practicing. He he recovered faster. And I always love seeing guys that recover faster than their expected timelines. Cause that just says you're made of something different. I, I don't know. Like AP, remember AP, the injury, like literally tore his ACL and then, fucking led the league in rushing a year I mean, later you think he's juiced right 
maybe it's juice maybe they're made of fucking alien i I don't know what the hell it is it's okay i don't care i just like you saying like oh i love when someone heals like you know freakishly fast like that's something that's hgh right it it, it could be it's whatever it is it never hurts (laughs) that's for damn sure it's it's great for fantasy exactly and so you know this guy's back faster than anybody expected now he's already in practice he could get dallas just like odell beckham sunday night football dallas uh, it's just one of those things. Like if you believe in stars aligning and fate and superstition, it seems like a cycle, right? Like something's repeating here. And the dude himself is such a great all around explosive talent, both in terms of running routes deep and, and, and his cuts and everything. Also with the ball in his hand, he's great. He's a little bit smaller, but it's just so like, again, Odell Beckham almost like in that sense with dangerous in the, you know, after the catch or also at the uh, point of attack um, contested catch rate. Yet he led all college receivers and contested catch rate. And we're looking at this historic rookie class that is just dominating right now. Rookie receivers, just like 2014, where we had Mike Evans and, and fat ass Calvin Benjamin back when he was actually good. Oh man. Founding <laughs> member of the Dub Club. The, 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 exactly. Him, the Demarcus Club. Russell, Eddie Lacey, so many. Richardson. So many sad souls to come to the Tub Club. Uh, but it's it just, again, these weird parallels. The talent is so similar. And Carson Wentz, I mean, a thing named fucking Fulgham. Let, let's not discredit what the guy's doing. He's looked pretty good. But his name sounds like a fucking breed of potato. Fulgham? What the I fuck used to be a potato, potato inspector. Exactly. You put that on the cheat, I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. Fulgham. The dude has seen 10-plus targets in the last three weeks, there's clearly volume available. If something named Fulgham is seeing 10 plus targets a week. And if Rogers as good as I think he is, as a lot of people I respect think he was, then there's no reason why eventually those targets aren't going to all shift to him. Deshaun Jackson shocking is on the IR for six to eight weeks. Alshon Jeffrey. Does he, is he actually alive? Does anyone know if Alshon Jeffrey is still uh, existent? Cause nobody's heard of him. I mean, he's not on an IR. He's he's you know reportedly about to return every single week, and and still I've I've never heard a thing about him all year. So so there is a path to clear volume for Jalen Rager, uh, a quarterback who in tough matchups has been sneakily like uh, for all the hate Wentz got early in the year, he's kind of killing it right now. The quarterback three in fantasy over the last three weeks. So uh, everything's aligning. Available volume, the talent. The, the quarterback, the surrounding talent, and then the schedule. Half the games come against bottom six defenses against receivers. The other half are all shootouts like Arizona, um, the Saints, Green Bay. The, the tough matchups are, are those, which are all shootout games. It just is – it looks to me like everything's in place. Now, just because everything's in place doesn't mean it happens. He could just go get hurt again. He might just not be as good as we expect. But everything is in place for that massive AJ Brown last year, that league winning type of upside, all that you need for that script is there for Jalen Rager. I'm stoked about him and he's only 15% owned. So if you're watching right now, go get yourself Jalen fucking Rager. I picked him up when you texted me. It took some moving around. I had to drop my kicker and I threw him in an IR spot, but we'll see what happens. Absolutely. Uh, No risk, no reward. Um, Just real quick. Do you remember uh, when you and I went in together on a high stakes fantasy team, like, you know, it was, I feel it was like 250 bucks each or 125 each. It was a lot. We went in, we did a team together. And do you remember after the first week of the season, you and I were both convinced Calvin Benjamin was like the best receiver in the NFL. <laughs> Boy, yeah, that, that, that year was crazy. 
he went to berserk for two weeks. Yes. But he I, had three touchdowns in the first game, and you and I were both like, I forget who was the best receiver in the league then, but we were like, Kelvin Benjamin, probably number two. <laughs> <laughs> we met it. We were so convinced. We met yeah, it, just, and we got fucking killed in that league. Driver, driving our own owner's bias. I love it. <laughs> yep. Um, real quick, this is, by the way, probably the longest injury report we've ever done. Eagles designated tight end Dallas Goddard, ankle injury to return from injured reserve. He's also in my IR. I told you this is all about uh, players that I have. Goddard coming back. Should we care? We absolutely should care. I, I paid 17 of my like 30 remaining dollars to make sure I lock this guy down. Now, that's not because I expect him back this week. If I get him back and he's facing Dallas, okay, fire him the fuck up. But ultimately, they, they got the bye next week. I'm imagining they hold him out the bye week, then he's back week 10. But Zach Ertz is one banged up to a bag of complete crap this year. So this offense, I mean, Richard Rogers, who we're going to talk about later, Dick Rod has 18 points last week. This scheme loves peppering tight ends. They've been long awaiting Goddard to come back. I think, you know, rest of season, big board, you can find it at rosewoodjournal.com. He's number eight. I want to say in my tight end rankings. So it's, you had to be patient for it, but if you've waited this long, I think we're on the, the, the precipice, whatever the word would be of, of is that even a fucking word? Precipice is what you're looking for. Yeah, probably. Uh, we're right there. Precipice um, needs to be. I think maybe when you score the second most points in the league and you lose, that's the cusipist. Yes. <laughs> whatever the fuck, however you would spell that. I have no. I thought you said it. I was like, is not cusp a word? Being on the cusp of something. The cusp, didn't you just, yes. didn't you just combine cusp and precipice? I think I did. I think that is exactly what just happened. There you uh, go. No idea two words that could have worked and created an imaginary word that had no business being in the sentence. Cusipist. Uh, he is on the cusipist of a, of a big, again, that schedule, it, it's easy for wide receivers. It's easy for everybody. Uh, so Goddard, I really think from weeks 10 to 16, if you stomached him this long um, on the injured reserve or your IR spot, you're about to be rewarded. I really, really think we got a nice blow up coming from this guy. All right, last but not least, last guy that's also on my bench that's driving me crazy, Carlos Hyde, dealing with a hamstring tightness. I hate hamstring injuries, especially with running backs. Uncertain to play week eight against the 49ers. Well, I'm so glad I picked him up off waivers. Um, I don't even want to talk about this one, but go ahead. Say something about it. I mean, you kind of have to, though, just because – no, you have to. I just don't want to hear it. Blew their load. Sounds like you were one of them. I didn't blow my load, but I picked him up. You, you made it. sure to get him. And and that's valuable bench spot. It's valuable resource waiver pickups or fab money, whatever the hell you, you use in your league. Yeah. Um, hope, hopefully you're a grown-up and use fab. But Who doesn't use fab? I, losers. The people in standard leagues don't um, use fab. Uh, you're not exactly. using fab. Then get yourself together. I can't even imagine. What else would you do? What do you do? Uh, waiver priority. I, I don't get it. Like just in order or something? Yes. It's disgusting. Oh, no, come on. It. Don't do that. Come on. No excuses. No fucking excuses. If you use that, message us, read it, and and defend your position, please. Go ahead. I I don't know anybody that actually uses it and likes it either. Like, fuck you if you do. Um, Fuck off. But Carlos Hyde, fuck you. (laughs) Carlos Hyde, uh, hamstring tightness. You know, it seems like it's going to be his week. 
a lot. He, him, he came in fucking hot talking shit about how he's the man. As and then he's fucking hamstring. I can't go. Like fuck you, Carlos Hyde. Don't talk shit and then fucking bitch out about your hamstring here. Um, but it's seeming like if I had to guess, and and who knows? I don't have a crystal ball, but I don't think he's gonna play. And so everybody blew their load. And I wrote an article about this. I made sure to do it Monday. Because and actually it, it got like 5,000 hits today. So a lot of people were searching for this. Um, I don't think Carlos Hyde plays. And I, I said, he's going to be the waiver wire fool's gold. You're going to blow your fab. You're going to blow your number one priority. And he's going to sit out and DJ Dallas is going to be the guy. Now, should we even care whether it's Hyde or Dallas? That's the other argument is they're facing San Fran who's giving up the lowest points to running backs on the year. I would say if Hyde is out, I actually do care. Because that means literally it's only DJ Dallas. Travis Homer has a neat contusion. He's probably not going. We know Carson is week to week. So assuming Hyde sits, Dallas will probably be a top 25 running back for me, which again, during these bi-week crunches is crucial. Anybody that's getting volume in the number one offense in the league right now in scoring is worth a look. And if that ends up being Hyde and you blew your load on them and now you get him this week, he's probably going to put up 15 points. DJ Dallas, if it's him, probably going to put up 15 points. I don't give a shit about the talent. It's all about the volume in that offense. And whoever it's going to be is going to do a, a solid job. I think owners that didn't go for Hyde and ended up playing it out slowly and taking DJ Dallas are going to be the ones that are rewarded for a less expensive pickup. And they, they get the fantasy points, not Carlos. Yeah, those are the ones. So I took a, a character strengths test when you and I worked together, which was years ago, longer ago than I feel like it was, yeah. but that we would do the Myers-Briggs personality test. Yep. And then we'd also do a character strengths test. There was 24 character strengths. I was going to say, is that like the ENFP shit? Or is that like the, that's the, the, that's the Myers-Briggs? Okay. Yeah. yeah. But the character strengths is 24 character strengths and they list them all from one to 24. So they don't, they don't say like, this is your weakest strength. They say 24th. So, my 23rd and 24th character strengths were, and I wish I had the list in front of you so I could have you guess my 23rd character strength, uh, forgiveness and mercy. <laughs> not, not, not long on it, uh, but I am better at that than I am at my 24th character strength, which is self-control and self-regulation. So if you think that I can hold off and not blow and, 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 play it slow and see how it's going to see how it's going to work out. No, that's not <laughs> the guy you're talking about. I'm not the guy that, you know, is going to play it slow or be like, Oh, you know, this, we could have sex for, you know, two hours or we could get it done in five minutes. Like <laughs> uh, 30, 30 right. seconds. Stop being so generous. Uh, I'm including like, you know, coming in the door, taking off your clothes, putting your keys on the table, all that. That's all part of the four. <laughs> right. Um, I'm just not a patient guy when it comes to anything. I'm great at getting, I'm Giving other like telling other people to have self control. I'm awesome at it. You know what I used to do for a living. Oh, I'm yeah. just not. I'm just not one of these guys that does real well on it myself. So as <laughs> as you could expect, since it's my 24th character strength, I Carlos Hyde is on my roster right now. Yes, of course. And you're gonna regret that. Yeah, I think I already regret it. What are you talking about? I, I'm like, <laughs> picking myself for it right now. That's why I'm saying, like, how how is Jarek McKinnon still on your fucking roster then? Like, because they're all hurt. They're all injured. <laughs> All of them. I, I told you they're all injured. All my players. Like, I, I don't know if I have enough to field a team if Allen Robinson doesn't play. I'm going to have to like drop somebody while well, I'll drop McKinnon, I guess. Probably. Tasty. 
Tasty. Yeah, I don't think he's around anymore. Tasty, hasty. <laughs> if he's around, if he's around you, have my word, I'll pick him up. All right. I'm going to throw this one to you. It's trading tip. Um, I'm going to go get another beer. The tip for the week. We're actually, that was the longest uh, injury report ever. It's like 40 minutes. I know. I know. Right. We had a lot of notes to cover today. I think a lot yeah, of, was a lot of people and there's some pretty solid banter there. J- and Jalen Ragger, like that, that one, I probably went like 10 minutes alone, just like losing my, no, there was 10 or 11 guys. I'm not even saying like it dragged. Maybe the audience will be pissed, but uh, again, longest one we've ever done. Yeah. Trading tip for the week. We're officially on to the next segment. The tip is it's as much about value to your team and needs as it is about the talent involved. I happen to agree with that one quite a bit. I'm going to be listening while I run to the fridge and then I'll be right back. Go ahead. A hundred percent. And I actually was inspired to do this trading tip uh, because one of our own writers, Scout Pan, you know, great new guy wrote about Claypool a couple weeks ago. Um, a great breakdown of his value. He, he texted me a great question. Should I trade Clyde Edwards Hilaire for Allen Robinson? And now when you look in a vacuum, right? Like at this point, I'd say A-Rob is a, a decent, a little chunk above Clyde Edwards-Hilaire on just like a vacuum stance of value. It, more target hog, just consistent value every single week in and week out. Foles is looking at this guy 12 to 15 times. Whereas now Clyde has Le'Veon Bell. He has some, he has some warts to him, right? But then he also adds in his text, my receivers are DK, Will Fuller, Hollywood Brown, Justin Jefferson, and T. Higgins. And now it's like, okay, and, and, and his running backs are Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor, two good running backs. But then the flex, the third spot, to his team, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is a thousand times more valuable than Allen Robinson. Even if I look at my rest of season big board, I don't even know off the top of my head how much higher I have Robinson than Hyle Hilaire. I know he's a little bit higher at minimum. But when you you have to consider – what does my team need right now? And then make a move that, yeah, in a vacuum, is these two players for that one player like not a great deal? Would people judge you for it? Sure. But if your team needs, for example, my league, my, my Holy Cross buddies, I literally still have McKinnon in because Hasty was gone and I fucking didn't. Oh, really? Oh, you have McKinnon still in. Yeah, I hate it. I should have. You did a lot of talking like two or three minutes ago. I know. I hate cutting him everywhere else. Um, but my number one running back was Saquon. He's gone. My running back two was Antonio Gibson. He's on by. I actually don't own anybody else. <laughs> Literally, I don't own any other running backs. It's bad. So to me, even though I have Mike Evans, DK Metcalf, Robbie Anderson, T. Higgins, I, I have a ridiculously stacked crew. I have well, except Mike Evans. Yeah, these days. Well, Godwin now hurts. So maybe, maybe Mike Evans. Uh, if not this week, then never. Right. I mean, that, that is also true. McLaurin. I have McLaurin too. So, I mean, I have a five wide receiver ones or high end wide receiver twos and three of them are going to be on my bench every week. So even if I like McLaurin a thousand times more than say a Deandre Swift, for me personally, Deandre Swift is going to make so much more sense. So I have to stomach that. Yeah. I have McLaurin 15 spots higher on my big board, but my team need is so much greater for running back because otherwise I'm starting Jarek fucking McKinnon for my third straight fucking week to get zero points again. So that's kind of the general tip. Um, the guy I wanted to discuss for trades and the agenda here, the question, just like last week, it was like Drake is the question I keep going. What do we do with Zeke Elliott? Do we hold or do we trade? What are your thoughts on, on Zeke Elliott? My thoughts? Yeah. My thoughts are 
that you're in a probably a pretty rough spot with this guy right now because you the hardest thing for people that I notice is like especially like say in an auction but also in a snake draft you spent a lot of auction money or you spent a massive draft pick to get this guy on your team and people play the recouping game where they're just like, well, I'm not going to let go of this guy, you know, that I spent all this fake auction money on months ago unless I can get va- like similar value for him. And it's like you're not going to get similar value for him like that's out the window at this point. And it's one of the hardest things to do is to cut your losses at some point and be willing to move him for something that makes sense. You have to assess what is his value now. What would not what was his value at his peak last year or the year before? If somebody made me a reasonable offer for him, again, it has to be something that helps my team. I'm not just going to trade him to trade him. There is always going to be inherent upside with somebody like Zeke. But, you know, let's say you spent 60 auction dollars on him or something and and something worth a legitimate 40 now came along. I might do it because right now, I mean, he's in shambles. I mean, but if I, if I have a bad running back spot, of course, I'm going to keep this guy all year, no matter what, because he's that good at talent. Yeah. I mean, some of the, the trades I've heard on Twitter, Antonio Brown for, for Zeke Elliott. That's like, insane. I, I would, I would, I have Antonio Brown. I'd trade him for Zeke in a second. In a second. Uh, you know, d- packages of like David Johnson and Deontay Johnson. Like, no, so no, he's worth more than that. Of course. So that's what I'm recommending is I'd go throw some offers out to Zeke Elliott owners just to see how bad they're panicking. Because, yes, as you're saying, you reassess the situation. His line fucking sucks. Andy Dalton fucking sucks. Danucci, who's probably going to be the quarterback for a week or two, probably sucks. Things aren't good in Dallas right now. He's still Zeke Elliott, though. But Zeke, it's still Zeke Elliott. And the dude has a ton of pride. They might just might just trade for maybe Ryan Fitzmagic or Sam Donald or some sort of injection at QB. You know Jerry Jones can't be sitting there. Like he's the most impatient guy in the world. And somehow with two wins, that division is I think they're still in first place or maybe second place. Like you can have two wins and, and somehow be well in the hunt. You have zero wins to be in the hunt in that fucking division. So I imagine Jerry Jones is gonna make a move. So with Zeke Elliott's value as depressed as it is at this state of time, I'm going to throw out some offers because in my yeah. mind, he's, he's still a top 15 guy. The Cowboys with the right quarterback under center could just leap back up into a top 15 or so offense. So with the, his and just really all Cowboys prices in general, CeeDee Lamb and some of these other guys, I'll toss out some feelers if that's the type of value. I have Zeke still on my rest of the season big board right around – the, the first round and second round turn, like 12 to 15 range. So, you know, obviously you're not getting a stud for this guy, but if people are viewing him as like a distant third rounder or like a package type no, of player. No, I don't. I don't. I, I hope I didn't give that impression when I was, no, uh, and, and I was you saying think- before saying I would sell him for less than I paid for him because he's clearly not worth that now. But some of right. the stuff you're throwing out there is ridiculous. Like Let me he still has the potential. The guy could, the guy could break an 80 yard run. I mean, Antonio Brown's not even in the end. I mean, he has isn't even in a uniform yet. Yeah, you know that's insane. David Johnson literally is getting slower every week. Right. I cannot believe how slow he's going to be by week. <laughs> Just literally dragging a fucking Mack truck behind. But would you trade? Would you trade Zeke for say like a top ten wide receiver? Pro, so that's what I was going to get into, right? Like, is 
Zeke or James Conner? What are your thoughts on that? Oh, you know, I think I'm probably going to keep Zeke. It's, it's I, I don't, I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I think I'm probably going to keep Zeke based on just like what I perceive to be the overall talent, which may be ridiculous because Dallas is one of the worst teams in the league and Pittsburgh is one of the best. And now that I'm talking about it, now I'm kind of talking myself <laughs> out of it. What do you think? Would you take Connor? I have Connor just a little bit higher just because it's like, but would you, yeah, you have him a little bit higher on your list, but then if somebody came and made that offer to you, would you do it? Cause I know you on some of these things. Sometimes <laughs> when it's dangled in your face, you, you kind of get a little gun shy. I think for me, it'd be a matter of which one of those two do I own? If I have Connor, I'm sticking with my, like either one, I'm sticking with my guy. They're close. Okay, right. And I want to show loyalty. No, to my you had Con- if you had Connor and someone offered you Zeke, you wouldn't take it. I don't Seems think like so. the type of thing you might get a big uh, erection for. It could be. Uh, I mean, yeah. what about like, what are your thoughts on like DK or Zeke? DK. I, I have DK. DK. I love DK. I have Calvin Ridley? Right now with you saying that. Calvin I, Ridley? I'd, I'd probably uh, – Zeke maybe. I have, see, I, I think we we talked about Calvin Ridley cooling down. This motherfucker's not cooling down. I I go Calvin Ridley. Um, uh, Travis Kelsey. You would take DK though, right? I'm not even thinking about it. Yep, I have DK. I have DK high. I just I love Calvin him. I love him too much. I'm looking at my big boards. I'm going to toss out names around him. Uh, Travis Kelsey. I'd rather have Kelsey. I think. I do. I have Kelsey higher. George Kittle. I'd rather have Kittle. I'd rather have Zeke. That's where not I, I have Kittle's. Kittle's. A monster. He can be a monster. I might rather have Kittle. I might rather have Kittle than Kelsey. Oh come on, Kittle. Kittle has his little disappearances. Um, Kittle's like the he's the whatever the hell nucleus. Yeah, of, that, of all that shit. What are you talking about, Jonathan Taylor or Zeke? That's a question I've gotten a lot this Zeke, week. I think I have I have Taylor just one spot below. Um, but part of me wants to switch that. Because I look at Taylor's schedule and oh my good God, is it just, it's pure green, green pastures. For- oh yeah. All right. I didn't know that. But I mean, uh, Cowboys do play in the NFC East. Granted, they're the worst team in it. Well, maybe not. God, they're so, <laughs> it's, it's you so- ever seen a worse division in your life? What are the that- Cowboys, like a half game out of first? Right. They might even be in first. Like, who is in first? Is it the Eagles? I think right Philly's now? two, four, and one. I think they're they they have a solid lock on first. What a joke! What a fucking joke! See, I I, I have this. You realize if the Roto Street Journal staff had a team that was in the NFC East right now, we'd be two and a half games out of first place. Just about, yeah. <laughs> assuming assuming we didn't net a win somewhere in the first seven games. <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> right. no, i mean we'd be in, we wouldn't be even close to mathematically eliminated in that division you're it's not wild. gonna you know you're not gonna be mathematically eliminated in that division until like week 14 doesn't matter how bad you are definition of a joke um what about blow up man so well, for first jonathan taylor i have literally one spot below zeke but part of me wants to readjust that because taylor's schedule is so soft and i have this kind of feeling like They've they've gotten his feet wet, and they're just going to come out of the bye week and be like, boom, this is our horse. Let's go. I mean, he averaged almost five yards a carry over his his first few games, and then the, the Jordan Wilkins was two two yards a carry. Naeem Hines was 2.6. Like, it, it's so clear how much better they are with Jonathan Taylor. 
my hope is they just start riding him to this green grass schedule. Um, so I think I might have Taylor just above Zeke, but it it sure it's it's so close. These are all good questions. You made me think on like eighty percent of these. The only one I jumped on was DK. I was like, no. Yeah, Keenan Allen or Lockett or Zeke. Uh, shit. Mixon? Like th- these are all the names I'm getting for him. I'm like, fuck. Every just- every name you're saying is making me think. I wouldn't trade him for Mixon just because I hate Mixon, even though it probably makes sense to take Mixon. Yeah. I don't know. They've both beat up women, haven't they? Who, Zeke? Or did he just beat up a guy real bad? Ah, uh, good question. I don't know. They're don't more know. horrible humans. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'd try to get them both in my backfield. I have yeah. a buddy, by the way, that was trying really, really hard at the beginning of the year. He's a he's a listener of the show. I mean, he might have made a comment. He was really trying hard specifically to put together a Kareem Hunt, Joe Mixon backfield because he really just, yeah, for a what a dick. <laughs> Awful human, but yeah. kind of funny. <laughs> right, exactly. Terrible, and I, I laughed at it. Chuckle. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's the thing with Zeke. Ultimately, the summary is, like, you're probably, if you own him, you're just sticking this out. And you, let's hope the situation gets better because of quarterback injection. Um, there's very few offers you're going to get at this point that are fair. Right. And you could just panic trade him, and ultimately you get something. Because if he keeps doing what he's done these last couple of weeks with Dalton, then moving him for any of the guys we just said would be a huge win. My guess is they figure this shit out just enough that Zeke gets back to like low end RB one, like pretty really, inconsistent. So I agree with everything you're saying. It really depends to me how what kind of situation are you in. Are you two and five? If you are, you maybe need to panic trade him because you got to make yeah. something happen now. If you're five and two, no, hang on to him. Although you're probably not five and two if you got Zeke. That's true. All right, let's get into higher, lower Hail Marys. We're almost an hour into the pod. The Wolf oh, yeah. did not have a great week seven. Um, week seven overall record, all that good stuff. He had Wentz at QB seven. Uh, that was a win. He loves Wentz. Breeze, he had QB 10, not a win. And then your Hail Mary was Allen. Well, I'll rip through that because I had Breeze lower and he ended up being the QB 10. Um, Josh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had Breeze about, lower. Right, you run through then because this is all fucked up. Yeah, I, I'll run through it. My coding is kind of weird here. Um, I had Breeze lower. He was QB 10. That was wrong. Um, I had Kyle Allen as my Hail Mary. He's the QB 18. That's a win. If you if your QB top cracks the top 20 as a Hail Mary, that's a, absolutely a win. Yep. Um, DeAndre Swift, I was higher on. He was running back 19, so not like horrible, but not the higher on. So I gave that an L. Montgomery, always a win when you go lower on this is, I hope you're going Montgomery again this week. I, I mean, it's too easy. I don't want to cheat here. Uh, I went to solid two and a half yards of carry every time he touches the it's, ball. The most pathetic thing. I've seen a lot of people start calling them empty calories. We've been calling them empty calories since like the week one of this year. Krispy Kremes is yeah. the exact name we've given him. So come on now. Don't I jump do, on the train. I do love some Krispy Kremes though. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then Dearness Johnson was our Hail Mary. Obviously, he played four snaps. So that, that didn't work out too well. Crowder didn't play. So that kind of screwed over our hire of the week. So that was just a, a did not play. No we'll watch. Robinson was our lower. That ended up panning out. He's the wide receiver, forty-three. And Djax, I has my hail mary. Did not did not hit. He looked like he was about to hit. Uh, first drive, he had like six points, and I think that's all he ended up with. Unfortunately, and tight ends has been your real weakness all year, right? 
It's so actually no. I tight end I've been pretty damn good at. Wide oh, what is it? Wide receiver you've been getting yeah. good at that, right? I got crushed at tight end though. Oh for three. Fant was my higher tight end twenty three. Gronk was my lower. This number two tight end of the week. And Fells was my uh, hail mary. I think he put up zero. I faced Fells, so I was pretty happy about it. But yeah, not great. My record's still above five hundred. Okay, right, guys. Fifteen and two. But uh, I mean, I was looking at like a seventy percent hit rate coming into this week, and I uh, I. I fucked up. So let's get back on the, the saddle here. I'm still top. Right. I'm, I'm number 17 in fantasy. Oh, good for you. Mission. So, you know, still doing well compared to the relative experts. I made some good calls in the rankings. I just didn't bring those right calls to the podcast, sadly. Uh, but I hope to be better for you guys this week. All right. Well, let's bring it up from 17 this week. Week eight picks at quarterback guy that you are uh, in a little bit of a flirtation with right now. Justin Herbert, you've got him as your QB three, six spots above the experts. You see Justin Herbert at a bar. What kind of thoughts? What are you seeing? What are you? What kind of thoughts are going through your head? I mean, it's, it's pure sex appeal. The dude is unbelievable. What can you? How can you watch this guy and not be blown away at how well he's looked? That Monday night thriller against New Orleans was the quarterback four, fantasy wise, but just pure talent wise, with nobody to throw to, he kept them in an overtime game, and probably if he had a better play caller would have won that game, 27 fantasy points, QB4. His first start against Tampa Bay, a ferocious Tampa Bay defense that very few quarterbacks have performed well against. He put up 24 and was the quarterback seven as, as again, a rookie coming into the heat here. Uh, The week before, 330 yards, 19 fantasy points, a quality day uh, for for him there. But then last week, the, the coming out party after the bye, it's like, okay, did he just have like this miracle performance? No. He goes for 38 fantasy points the number one quarterback score and now we're ranking him as the quarterback nine he gets denver who is a very generous i think number seven in terms of points allowed to oh, they're generous very generous and they are the number two best against the run so when we talk about funnel defenses in terms of you know it's just one route you take this is the definition of a pass funnel defense against denver and herbert has been roasting his schedule is a joke, by the way, the rest of the season, too. I think it just keeps rolling. I think nine is an absolute abysmal ranking. I have Herbert above fucking Pat Mahomes right now, above Pat Mahomes this week. Um, and and I'm, not, I'm not feeling nervous about that. I think this guy is a genuine top five fantasy quarterback rest of the year, league winner if you got him when you did. Um, there's no slowing down to this. Has the balls to go deep, has the arm strength to go deep, and he throws it so accurately and obviously works the middle of the field so well, too. It's not like he takes unnecessary risks and just this crazy gunslinger. I love Justin Herbert. I think he keeps this rolling. The one concern with this one is can Denver keep it competitive enough that he has to keep slinging? That's the one concern when you're facing Denver. That's why Pat Mahomes, we were lower on last week, didn't end up blowing up. But I think Herbert has another 25, 30-point day in him for sure. All right, Matt Stafford, you got him as your QB 20. The experts like him at 14. I feel like it's always a little bit easy to go against a Detroit player of any kind. But uh, what do you, you got specific thoughts here? Indy's defense is not bad. No, that's a big part of it. Indy's defense is one of the better against every position, including quarterback. But then I also look at Matt Stafford and I see quarter, these are his quarterback finishes on the year. 21, 19, 15. Nine against New Orleans, so one quarterback, one game so far, 21 and 15. It's like, well, we must have had a tough schedule, right? No, that included a game against Arizona, 
that included a game against New Orleans. That was the one good game he had. Jacksonville, who we just talked about, the aforementioned Justin Herbert bombed for 38 points. We got 13 out of Stafford. Atlanta, the, the definition, the number one matchup against quarterbacks. No quarterbacks put up less than 20 points against Atlanta until Matt Stafford, 15 points. Did you see what happened at the end of that game? Oh, how they blew it with Gurley, like, trying. You, I mean, is Atlanta not just spectacular to behold? Oh, I mean, I, I've never seen anything like it in my life. It's how could how, They have lost games any possible way you could win, you could lose a game. Atlanta has pulled it out of their ass this year. Exactly. You know, literally the opposite you want if you're pulling for a team. But your point is well taken. Stafford, 15 points against the jack shit defense of Atlanta, you know. He got the win, but everybody gets the win against Atlanta. So. Exactly. So he's he's literally ranked as the QB 14, but has reached 14 just once on the year with yeah. a cakewalk schedule. So now we're going to say this guy's going to be QB 14 no. against one of the hardest defenses in the league. No, thank you. I think that is a disturbingly bad rank by the experts. And honestly, the more I talk about this, like 20 doesn't seem low enough to be honest. So I, I am all out on Matthew Stafford, not, not going to that at all this week. I think it's a good call. Your Hail Mary for the week, Derek Carr against Cleveland. I really like this call. Actually. I think Derek Carr, you know, I used to be really on the car bandwagon. He had that great year. It was just amazing. I thought there, you know, should even have been considered for MVP. Got hurt. I still don't remember who the quarterback was who replaced him in the playoffs, but I remember he was one of the worst football players I've ever Matt seen. Matt McGloin? Was it Matt McGloin? <laughs> Maybe. You could say almost any random assortment of consonants and vowels, and I'd be like, yeah, that could have been him. But I, I remember it. I mean, it was just, it was amazing how valuable he was to the Raiders. You could yeah. see it the second he left the field. You're like, wow, this went from being like the second best team in the conference to like the 12th because he's not in the game anymore, he's looked pretty good. Yeah. I mean, and there's tons of advanced analytics. If you want to dive into that stuff on Twitter, like his deep ball rates, like number one in deep yard, I mean, he's slinging it a little bit deeper than we're used to. Yeah. Derek Carr, we're not used to it because he had no weapons to throw deep to the last two and a half years. You add a guy like Henry Ruggs, Nelson Aguilar, who, you know, obviously gets his deserved hate coming, coming from, from sure. with all those drops, but ultimately he brings some speed. Uh, they, they really finally gave this guy some stuff to work with and was the quarterback 12 last week against Tampa Bay was the quarterback nine against Kansas city thrown for three forty-seven and three touchdowns. And those are two of the, you know, bottom matchups, like the tougher matchups for quarterbacks. Now you get a Cleveland team giving up the third most points to quarterbacks that as last week showed can also put up their points I love Cleveland to target in terms of like game scripts that just could yeah. go bonkers. The Bengals and the, the Browns last week was that bonkers game. We saw Derek Carr, I mean, um, Joe Burrow rather, go for like 400 yards. I don't think Carr will ever really hit that 400-yard mark, but 300, three or so touchdowns, very, very much within his uh, realm of possibilities. And he's only 22% owned, 12% started right now. I think he's going to be on benches and, and people are going to really regret that. All right, the stats you read are not what's on the banner. The banner says 33% on 21% started, but the, wow. the case is still correct. I mean, you could, yeah. get, you could probably get this guy if you wanted him right now. All right, <laughs> running backs, guy you're higher on. You talked a little bit about him earlier, Jamal Williams. You got him as your RB13. That's that's real deal. That's RB1 material for the week. Uh, 25 spots higher than the experts. They got him at 38. What do you think? 
big part of that is one Aaron Jones probably not going to play now. If Aaron Jones is yeah, if Jones is playing. Obviously, this is a different story, right? Of course, he's he'll never be my running back thirteen. And I also think I won't be plus twenty five ECR if Jones sits. I, I suspect Williams will get right bumped into that twenty or so range, but I'll still be plus eight, plus nine or so on this guy. Dude averages, you know, in games without Aaron Jones and and back in the day when Ty Montgomery was a thing. So we're looking at the days where Jamal Williams is the clear-cut starter. He averages, there's only been six games, he averages 18.5 in those games. That would be the running back 10 in fantasy football, a legitimate running back one. Like Gio Bernard. Exactly. It's the exact parallel, but he doesn't get that same, like, Gio Bernard recognition or respect. No, no I, I don't. He must be the stash. Um, he, he ultimately. Too, have you ever seen his post game interviews? Uh, Jamal, sure. he's sure. hilarious. Yeah, he's he pretty like, cool. He with his eyebrows and shit. Like he, he's great as a human being. Um, but he gets so involved. He, he's on. You know, in those games, he's on pace for sixty four receptions. Uh, he scores in in just about half of those games, and, and he's going to score this week because the matchup against Minnesota not that tough. He's on pace for sixteen hundred and seventy eight yards in games when Aaron Jones doesn't play. Um, so I, it's just all again about Aaron Jones not being there, but how good Jamal Williams is when he's out. And this is the best Jamal Williams I think we've seen over these last three years. Even his contract year, he seemed a little bit slimmed down. He's fired up. Um, I, I think Jamal Williams, it, it, when you get Jamal Williams starts, should be treated like the elite handcuffs. And for whatever reason, still doesn't quite get that respect. Um, he'll, he'll be a running back one this week, should Aaron Jones sit. All right, you guy you're lower on, Jarek McKinnon. You got him as your 35. That's eight spots below the experts. I really don't even want to talk about this. No need uh, to, right? We talked about it at, at length, but I get your case. Hmm. You know, I mean, there, there's every reason to believe what you're saying is true, is true. Yeah. And, you know, we're going to talk about this on Sunday. We, we do the post-Red Zone show, and my guess would be this, will, this is not like a night game or a Monday game, is it? No, this is uh, Sunday. Four, Sunday at four o'clock game or something like that. Okay. Yeah. So we'll tell you what's up. You know why the wolf is lower on him. You know why we both hate him. You know why the wolf said he cut him from every team, but then sneaky didn't cut him from one team. You know why I still have him on my team because I have no choice. But anyway, even against the Seattle Seahawks, we think he's going to do bad. And and on my end, I'll just say I think it's going to be because they're not going to use him. I don't. I mean, I think if they give McKinnon 15, 20 touches, I think he'll put up big numbers. I just don't think they will. I, I don't think they will either. Exactly. Like, especially if Coleman comes back too. Then no, he's fuck even, Coleman. Fuck those guys. Uh, I, see, this is why I don't want to talk about it. We, we'll move on. I'm too angry. Coleman fucking sucks. And how he is ranked as like a top two, run, like a RB2 type play. Yeah, they after, said, oh, he's a low-end RB2. Low-end RB2. <laughs> I like low-end RB2s. No, I, I, don't like guys, guys. I don't like guys that put up five, three, and zero. Literally going downward, like you thought five might be the worst, and then it got three carries, negative two yards is a huge turnoff for me. It, I'm, it I'm limp immediately, flaccid beyond all belief. Yes, Lamichael Perrine, that's your Hill Mary. He's playing at KC. You got him as your running back 26. That's 10 spots above the experts. He's only 22% owned and 13% started. Possibly that's what you were reading for Derek Carr. Um, exactly. and you, you also like DJ Dallas, yeah, Lamichael Perrine, like gets some actual burn for the first time and has a solid day. I get the jets. Who wants to start someone on the jets? Not very many people in North. Like, why would you ever want to, uh, but still put up 14 found the end zone was the running back 18 
last week uh, and showed some nice juice. He was in on, I, I want to say, Gore had 18 snaps and pre-run was right around 40. So almost an every down player. It, they seem to be transitioning. Like maybe, just maybe, the Jets will do something fucking smart for once and say, let's give this guy some run and see what we have here. Because clearly Gore is not in your future plans. So why not see this rookie? That you, don't see, you don't see Gore four years down the one anchor in this offense. Bro, I mean, he's going to be somewhere in four years. Let's be real here. He's he's going to be a nuisance he's to some retirement home in Florida, probably. <laughs> he will never. Course, I said that like ten years ago. <laughs> Fucking Ironborn man, what's dead will never die. Like course, yeah, true. He is. Hey, he is from the Iron Islands, don't you think? He, legitimately, he's not the like best. Theon, but like one of the badasses. The bad, exactly. The badasses from the Iron Islands, no doubt about it. Um, Kansas City, middle of the road matchup, but. He's a great pass catcher, Michael Piran. That's what his like calling card was coming out of college, out of Florida. And I think he could, whether they're in comeback mode, which of course they will be, um, I think you get some nice dink, dink, like PPR, just catching receptions, and maybe he falls into the end zone um, and gets you some really cheap points. So that's that's my guess with him. For, for again, 22% owned uh, in bi-week crunches, I think you could do a whole lot worse. All right, let's move on to wide receivers. Since he wide receivers, you're not even going with one guy. You're just saying these guys are going to go nuclear. That's what you got. You've got Cincy wide receivers. Game is going to go nuclear. So pretty much any of these guys Joe Burrow's throwing to you like, does that include A.J. Green? No, never. Never. <laughs> never, never. I was like, oh, I'm going to make him dial this back just a little bit. Well, we'll t- exactly. Although, granted, the dude has had like 90 yards and I think two or three straight. So maybe A.J. Green is in play here. Uh, but I'm, I- I'm more so focused on Tyler Boyd, who I have at 16, five spots above the ECR. And uh, T. Higgins, also five spots above the R at 18 uh, ECR. Um, both of those guys much higher in my rankings because I, this game I, I think goes crazy. Both of those teams play at a faster pace than the average NFL. Um, so I, I think the the two offenses are both pretty explosive and can put up points in a hurry, and both defenses can surrender points in a hurry. And I love attacking scripts like that. And so I love Boyd. Um, they have nobody that can man up on Boyd or Higgins. Malcolm Butler is a fucking joke at this point. So both of them, I think, have you know 90-yard TD days. Maybe one of them goes completely berserk. Uh, and if it is one, my guess would kind of be sneaky Higgins. I just love what this dude's putting on tape uh, as a rookie. He looks like he belongs and then some in terms of contested catches, in terms of running after the catch. The dude's a monster. Um, so the matchup against Tennessee, who, again, I think will put up probably 40 points. And I think Burrow really showed last week with 400 yards and all those touchdowns he throw. He's made for these type of shootouts. That's what he did. And caught like the, the dude can sling, and it's going to happen this week with Boyd a little bit higher than Higgins, but I love them both. I, I absolutely love them both. And the guy you're lower on, Darius Slayton, you got him as your wide receiver 38. That's 10 spots below the experts. I'm not too excited about him either this week. The experts seems like the experts aren't super excited about him either, but you are even less so. Why is that? Yeah, I mean, they're ranking him as like a, a mid range two to three. And I have no interest. One, because Tampa Bay is as tough of a matchup as you can get. I think that defense is very legit. Two, I think Sterling Shepard might be the wide receiver one here. I mean, it's a small sample size, um, but but he came right back in, and and Slayton put up two catches for 23 yards against a very easy Philly defense. Now, maybe that was Slay shadowing him 
and and the match. But then again, you're going to get a good coverage from Tampa Bay, which is also crazy too, because just a couple of years ago, it was like Tampa Bay was the defense you smashed against. Um, but only four points in PPR leagues last year. He's got like a little foot ailment that really seems to be dinging him up. So between the health, between Shepard being back, between the matchup, like I just do not like him at all. And he's going to be on my bench for a guy like my Hail Mary here. All right, Nelson Aguilar is your Hail Mary, 16% owned, 13% started. You got him as your 36. That's 12 spots higher than the experts. I actually wrote a stock watch on this guy, so I, I am more well-informed on him than I am about most of these guys. I agree. He seems like a good guy to take a chance on. Absolutely. I mean, three straight weeks with a touchdown. Last week led the Raiders in snaps. Some people bringing up the concern, oh, you concerned about Brian Edwards. What the fuck has Brian Edwards done that's going to scare me? No. The, the easy answer is no. John Gruden saying we got to just keep giving this guy more because every time we do, he just responds. And yeah, last week he did have a couple drops. Before that, he was 10 for 11 on, on his targets. Uh, so sticky-handed. Seemed like he had turned a corner last week. The characteristic drops it hit. But Carr said we're going to keep going with this guy because all he does is get open. Um, and that is all he's doing. He, even in Philly, like when he got featured, he typically would perform pretty well, despite like one boneheaded play a week. He still has some natural smooth ability um, and, and some great deep speed too. And Cleveland's given up the second most points to receivers, particularly they're they're vulnerable to getting burned on the deep shot. And Carr's throwing a great deep ball. I, I think he drops at least one nice one into Aguilar. Uh, we get a solid week out of this guy. It's a Hail Mary that's very low owned, 16% owned, only 13% started. Uh, I think he should be in a lot more lineups this week. All right, tight ends. Jared Cook, you got him as your six. The experts have him at nine. That makes me happy. That's one guy on my team that you're high on. I do actually have him, and everyone else on my team is pretty much injured. Why do you like Jared Cook? I, yeah, I mean, he just there's no one else to throw to one with, with Michael Thomas hanged up. We got the COVID alerts for fucking Emmanuel Sanders. And we're seeing, just like we saw last year, the volume is not great. Three targets, four targets, three targets, five. But it's always the value of those targets. It's always in the red zone. It's deep down the field. He's got three touchdowns in five games. And now he gets a Chicago team that is bottom 10 against tight ends, but very good against wide receivers. So kind of like if you throw against them, you're throwing to your tight ends. And when you have no one else to throw to, we could get a classic like two touchdown day out of Jared Cook. So I love this guy. I think people are underrating his upside given the matchup, given the lack of weapons around him, and given his own – the deep speed is still there. We're going to see another 20-yard touchdown, and it's a matter of does he get some some juicy little receptions on top of that. Hunter Henry, guy you're lower than. Man, this guy used to be the cock of the walk. Tight end 11, four spots below the experts. Not a huge, huge difference, but, I mean, significant. You know, 10-team 10, league, maybe difference between starting him and not – why don't you like Hunter Henry? Is it because you think he's going to get injured and be out for 18 months? <laughs> Probably. That, that, that's always a risk with this guy. Uh, but I just – he's steady and just not great ever. Like, And when I say steady, for a tight end, he's steady. Like, But also, he was only really steady when he had Tyrod Taylor thrown to him. 73 yards, 83 yards, and then Herbert takes over. He hasn't topped 50 yards since. Herbert, uh, it should be noted, a far superior quarterback. Far superior quarterback that loves to sling it deep, take his shots, make the most of his receivers. 39-23-23 and 23 in his last couple games um, ultimately scored in only one of those. So he's been 
Uh, six fantasy points, 12 fantasy points, and five fantasy points, and three out of his last four starts with Herbert. I don't love that. Denver's very generous to receivers, but decent against tight ends. There's just no ceiling. The guy hasn't topped tight end 10 on the year, and the floor is kind of a lot worse. Again, last week, five points that a lot of people seem to recognize. Uh, so even 11 seems kind of generous, to be honest, the more and more I talk about this. I kind of agree, actually. Not, not a big fan at all. All right, let's talk about your Hail Mary. Richard, Dick Rod, Rogers, tight end nine. He's 20% owned and started. You've pretty much made the case for this guy earlier in the week. You got a real vacuum at Philly tight end, and Wentz loves to use him, and Ertz is out, and Goddard is out, although coming back soon, we think. And this is the guy, right? And then you stir in the fact that it's against Dallas. Who oh, right. Bottom three against tight ends, and – Folks, we've got a gem of a matchup. Yeah, exactly. All of those factors all line up. Never mind the fact against a, a Giants team that, uh, of course, sucks. But like on defense, they've been sneaky good this year, and they've been really good against tight ends. He just went eight catches and 85 yards against him uh, in his only like lone start. So if he can do that against New York, he can certainly, at minimum, repeat a 15-point day. At, and probably at a touchdown or two on top of that. So for guys, 20% owned, I don't see how he's not started in some league everywhere. Like there's got to be an owner. There's, if you're in a 12 team, even a 10 team league, again, he's my number nine tight end. Tight end is that bad that everybody in every league should be starting. Somebody should be starting Richard Rogers in every fucking league for all the reasons we just said. All righty. That well, wraps it up, Wolfpack. We're cutting it there. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in and burning two hours with us on your Wednesday. We love it. It's the best. Uh, you guys are you guys are great. Um, you can find all our content at RotoStreetJournal.com. We breed and feed fantasy wolves. The fantasy fullback dive. We pave your path to 2020 titles. Me personally, I'm at Roto Street Wolf. He is Roto Street Truth on Twitter. Uh, you'll get like a tweet a week or so out of him, but it's usually a pretty damn good one. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, generous there. <laughs> but uh, you can find us. We will be back. Um, I will be back tomorrow updating my rankings, giving you your Thursday night football kickoff. Me and the truth will be back Sunday night for our kickoff, our uh, postgame rather, not our kickoff okay, right. tailgate, postgame tailgate. So if you want to see the boys live again, come on, join us for a few beers. We'll all be lubed up on a good Sunday. Uh, it's a fun-ass show. So we'll see you guys then. And again, reviews and subscriptions mean the world to us on our pod and subs on the twi- uh, this, this YouTube channel, especially. Uh, we want to get to 1,000. But thank you so much again. I am the wolf. I'm the truth. Later, guys. We used to have it all, but now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. Oh, 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 oh. And wave out to the crowd and take our final bow. It's our time to go, but at least we stole the show. 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 Old-fashioned football right there, folks.